It's episode 1037, and it's a relevant podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strength, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, is Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. What's happening? And joining us today, Jamie is out. So joining us today, our very own downtown Emily Brown. I believe today you're in Houston. Is that right? Yes, I am. Hey, y'all. Did you already get kicked out of Nashville? <laughs> I did. They said it's been too long. It's like a week and a half. You've reached your max. They uh, deported you from a city. Yeah. I saw her, I saw her drunk on a pedal tavern. I was like, dang. Yeah, I thought that was the initiation. On? And then apparently you get booted. She over Nashville, yeah. Nashville. She she went, she went uh, to No, deep. my best friend is getting married in Houston tomorrow. So Lovely. it's a good excuse to come is back it, to Texas. Is it on a pedal tavern? As far as I know, we're on level ground. I will let y'all know if that changes. It must be wedding season here in January because my ex-wife got married a few days ago. So there you go. Congrats. I don't know how to respond to that one. (laughs) It was 10 years ago. People heal, move on. Hey, anybody who's in heartbreak right now or in a tough season, let me tell you as a person who's walked through it, time heals all wounds. So it's all good. There's light on the other side. Happy Let's for everybody. Get, speaking of 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 wounds, um, <laughs> I you know particularly those of the emotional variety that could be inflicted on an NBA player mm-hmm. or uh, an NBA fan. Um, I I was recently graciously added to a very fun text thread um, with uh, with our very own uh, uh, Derek Cameron and, and our buddy Prop. And here's my thing in January I've, I've, I've been doing, you know, I I'm sticking pretty good. Like I'm waking up very, very early in the mornings to start my day, which means I go to bed very early. Like you like elderly, like grandpa early. I'm talking nine, nine 30. Okay. Like I've been, and I am because I'm getting up at like five 30 for January, like five 36 in January, like pretty early. Right. Why? I just wanted a January reboot. Like I'm going to the gym in the morning instead of the evenings and I'm helping to coach my son's basketball team. So like my evenings are all jammed up. I just been pedal to the floor. But all I'd say is I wake up a lot of times to these discussions that it's like, well, it's too awkward for me to chime in now, but I make a mental note of this has to be unpacked publicly on a podcast. (laughs) Cameron texted the three of us after what I'm presuming is was uh, following him getting thrown out like DJ Jazzy Jeff um, uh, by Uncle Phil from. <laughs> <laughs> I did not get thrown out. <laughs> but he said there was an incident at the Magic game tonight and it was worth it. And we beat the Celtics, yeah. which is impressive because the Celtics are, uh, you know, arguably the best no, team in the East. Maybe they are the, the NBA. They're the number one yeah. team in the NBA right now. And we um, they have 13 losses and three of them are to my Orlando Magic. Just FYI. But but I, I you know I read it in that early morning haze as I'm like getting all, all my my belongings for the day together and I'm mm-hmm. like you know what I don't even want to ask more right now I want to ask Cameron publicly on the podcast what transpired the other night because Derek from how you read it like all I know is there was this, an incident that security got involved with yeah, in your mind Derek what played out what is your interpretation of the messages that we received in my mind. Having gone to a couple games with Cameron, <laughs> in my mind, Cameron pushed the line 
and somebody from Boston was not having it. Now, here's the thing. That Cameron has Cameron has courtside seats. So the people that are there are they've been eating good. They've absolutely been drinking good. Mm-hmm. And the, and they're from Boston more mm-hmm. than likely. So mm-hmm. yeah. I mean Okay. So here's what actually <laughs> happened. Anytime the Magic play an East Coast team, anytime we play an East Coast team, New York, Boston, Philly, our arena is two thirds their fans because nobody's from Orlando. They all move here from the Northeast. And so like when their team comes, they show out. I would too, if I lived in one of those cities, good for them, but I hate it. And they're the worst fans because they're so vocal and they're so ornery. I hate losing to them. Well, particularly, yeah. I would say Philly and Boston. Like Boston is the worst. Philly is right there, but Boston is absolutely the worst. Okay. So I'm not courtside. I'm a floor seat. So I'm row two. That's an important factor in this story. I'm row okay. two. Okay. So I'm surrounded by Celtics fans. The guy's directly in front of me, directly next to me, directly behind me. And I, I immediately walk up and I'm on edge. This is going to be a terrible night. Because, you know, they're the best team in the NBA and they're going to, it's just going to, I don't, I'm going to sit here and have to take it. Right. Okay. So the dude sits down in front of me and we're in folding chairs. And so I'm doing a visual here. It's a, you know, the back of a folding chair reclines, Mm -hmm. right? It's at an angle. The dude has this big old jacket and he hangs it on the back of his chair. So that's how this started. We're tight, but we're tight. And so my, his jacket is laying in my lap. Right? First of all, why does he have a big old jacket in Orlando? It was Florida? chilly. That's it was cool. chilly oh, that it was? night. Okay. Whatever. Chilly, like okay. we're, talk, so we're talking. We're talking starter jacket style. No, no, it was like a flannel, but super puffy flannel. Whatever. It was just bulky. Oh, okay. Whatever. Okay. 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 So, so he hangs bulky it. Shacket. We're talking bulky jacket here. Bulky jacket, and it's in Fair. my lap. Okay, in my lap because it's like literally no like it can't hang. It's it's like on my legs, right? On my Can knees. I say it's this tight. too. It's pretty tight. Can I say this too? It's way more intimate to have someone shack it on your lap than like ski coat. The ski coat, yeah. the exterior yeah. is meant to just, you know, whip away water yeah. or no germs. Problem. Like it's, it's that no, vinyl. This, like, this is flannel. This is like, it's fabric. This is, it's, yeah. it's like, it, it's like someone's personal bed comforter. Yes. So that, like, that has I, been so absorbing right at the dirt. beginning of the game, when he does this, I'm like, Hey buddy, like, look, you know, like you're in my lap. Could you, could you do, could you put your ch- jacket like on your side of your, Oh, it's my chair. I'm like, yeah, it is your chair, but like, can you be considerate? You know what I mean? Like your jacket's literally on my legs, like bunched up in my lap. I mean, come on, man. And he's like, okay, fine. And he like, whatever. And he flipped it on the, which is what I would do. You put it on the front side of your back of your Uh chair, right? You hang it that way. You lean against it. You sit on your jacket, right? That's what I'm saying. Okay. Right. You sit on your jacket. So he did that first quarter. No problem. Uh Well, now the Magic are playing great the entire game. The entire game. As Derek knows, as Jesse knows, I'm very vocal. I'm not going to talk crap to the Boston Celtics because I fully expect that they're going to come back and beat us. Okay. Mm -hmm. I am just very loudly encouraging and cheering for my team and yelling at the refs. That's all I'm doing. Uh Okay. Well, by the fourth quarter, the Magic are clearly going to win. We were dominating the entire game. All the Boston fans are just angry. They're out. They're ornery. Okay. This dude in front of me in the fourth quarter decides he's going to stand up, 
change his jacket and put it back the original way that he did it in the first quarter <laughs> to go on to my <laughs> line. This, this is you, 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 you're talking a level petty, passive petty, aggressive, petty, petty. Yeah. the pettiest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I'm standing up, and so like I'm standing up, yelling, whatever, and he's like trying to shove me back to like make room for his jacket, and I'm like, whoa, 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 you know, and he's like. And, you know, whatever. And he goes, it's my chair. I can do what I want with my chair. And I'm like, buddy, just be considerate. Your jacket is literally on my, in my space. Come on, man. And he's like, and, and then right then, because he was like, as you were saying, he had plenty of libations that night. Uh-huh. Security jumps right over and talks to him. And they were like, actually, it is his chair. You know, like it is his space. And I'm like, and I'm like showing security. Like, this is just common decency. I don't want to have his jacket in my lap. And he's yelling to the security, I've had to sit here taking him in my ear all night. I can do what I want with my jacket. So he literally was doing it to be petty to get back at me because he couldn't say anything. Anyway, they told him, please, sir, just sit on your own jacket and yeah. like whatever. And so it was all resolved. But the, this is the first time in a couple of years I've had security come over. I mean, the last time it happened was because one of the other teams called security on me because I was yeah. messing with their coaches too much. But, you know, anyway, this is the first time I've had an incident with a fan. And, of course, it's a Boston Celtics fan. So I just I, I'm just malice in the palace. That's what I'm, I was. Looking for. <laughs> That's what I was looking I for. Can, was I can see. The yeah, because they have like this great Netflix documentary about malice in the palace, which is this infamous uh, incident when a couple Ron Artest and some players ended up getting into like players got into altercations with a fan. And it's this great Netflix documentary. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting for this Netflix documentary, which is called Shack It <laughs> One Night in Orlando. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I can see the cover image now. It's Cameron walking away with that guy's Shack It with his fists in the air. Like I won and I'm taking Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I, I got it. I'm walking out with uh, it. Imagine that starting a riot. <laughs> the crazy part is riots have been started. Like that literally Malice in the Palace was started because I think someone threw a beer on Ron Artest. No, they threw I the beer after the fight broke out. So like yeah. the uh -huh. players were fighting and a fan threw a beer to like yeah. at him and then they went into the stands. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm like, imagine that happening over a shacket. My thing is just like, do unto others as you have them do unto you. I'm not going to push my jacket onto the dude behind me. I'm going to be considered in his space. This dude was doing it to be petty, and I had an issue with it. So He just hated that they were losing. That's, That's exactly what it real. was. He was let's being petty. I, I'm against hanging jackets on back of chairs in most situations <laughs> anyway. But if you go to a restaurant, usually you can ask the the, you know, the, the person right up front, hey, do you kind of put this on a, on a hanger or something? A lot of bars now have little coat hangers under the bar or, or under yeah. the, the high top table. There's no reason to hang. Yeah. And plus, it's all up in your shoulder blades. Every time you lean back, you're like, what? what is that? Oh, oh, I got my jacket. I think we just need to end. I, th I think just as a society, just determine if you're going to wear a jacket indoors, you know, if you're mm -hmm. hustling from the car into a, a place that necessitates a jacket, mm -hmm. you can find a better spot than the back of the chair. No but, one likes but, that. But, but even if you have to use the back of your chair, you hang it on the front side of the chair and lean against your own jacket. That's it. Not going to lie. I, I've never done that in my entire life. Oh, so not one time. So I probably, I think the fact that I'm 6'2", uh -huh. probably no one really bothers me because I he put his jacket wherever he wants. But uh, <laughs> now I'm going to be more considerate. I'm going to start sitting on my jacket. I, I will walk. I will walk a pretty absurd distance. Sans jacket. 
if if I know just so I don't have to make I'm talking even the grocery store. I'll be in the back of the lot and it'll be February, okay? And it's jamming and I've got to walk through a 30 degree parking lot with howling winds. I'd rather do it in a t-shirt than have to figure out the jacket situation once I get into the store because I don't oh, really no. want the jacket oh, no. in the shopping cart. I was, you know? uh, I was up in New York no. over New Year's Eve because we don't have cold, cold here in Florida. It was cold, cold up there. And so everybody's no. wearing huge jackets, right? And so you go in, we were shopping, we were going in our stores. These stores have it like 85 degrees in there. I don't Dude. understand. What are you doing? I don't want to take my jacket off. I'm sweating within two minutes. So it's like I have to carry yep. this huge jacket or I have to sweat. Why don't they just drop the temperature of the stores knowing that everybody's wearing jackets? I don't it's, get it. It's 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 I had the exact same experience. That's why I'd just rather be cold than have to manage. So now now we just need to invent the jacket bag. Jesse, something else the jacket I bag. Carry. See, because I'm the same as Jesse, because I also would rather just I mean, I wear sweatshirts a lot. So and I just kind of like brave the two seconds that I'm outside. But as a woman, I already have to carry a purse because pockets are non-existent on women's clothing. And so I can't carry a purse and yeah. a coat bag, whatever it's called. Put the purse in the jacket bag. Uh, it's the I? jacket. It's the it's so it's a it's the oversized jacket bag, and then you put your purse on top of the jacket inside of the jacket bag. I here's another one too. Is is because I've thought about this a lot. Probably more than probably more mental energy into this than I should have. I think of a lot of places because coat checks are nice, but they're sort of a relic of the past. Here's what I'm thinking: every major establishment have cubbies. Okay, have a cubby system. <laughs> Theme parks do. They have like the lockers and, and people the love big it. rides. People love it. Yeah, they, my my wife's a preschool teacher. I can't go to a five-star restaurant and put my stuff in a cubby. Why not? Why not? <laughs> oh, oh, why don't you just lay it on their nice table mat? Why don't you have your phone and your keys and all the, your junk just spread all over the table because you're too good for the cubby system? So is there locks on the cubbies? Or they wide the open like There are school. at the theme parks. There are or, at the theme parks. Or you would have like a cubby guard. Someone who is paid to guard the cubbies and there could be a <laughs> That's number just the coach system. Check girl. That's the same old, you went back to the 40s again. It's an elementary school <laughs> coat check. Thank you. It's more of a preschool situation. It's a facial recognition. They, they're very good. They, they know, they, they, their job <laughs> is to remember the faces. So there isn't, it's more personal than a coat check. And there's uh -huh. no tipping. There is an, uh, we don't need another thing we, we have to feel weirdly obligated to tip on. Okay. Right. It is just an understood thing. As a society, we're carrying around more stuff. The climate is changing. We don't know when we're going to need jackets or not. Cubby systems, would it would save people from fights like this. From literal altercations could be avoided with just <laughs> elaborate cubby systems at every major establishment. Wait, can I go back? Are we supposed to tip people at Kochek? Is that a thing? Yes, of course. Yeah. Okay, to clarify, and when you, like, I've, only leave your luggage. I've only ever used Kochek once because I don't go to that many fancy places. So, coat check so. if you drop your bag at a hotel and then pick it up later in the day. Anytime somebody's getting something of yours, you have to hand them the ticket and a couple bucks or five bucks or whatever. In this economy? Hey, they got to make a living too. Like, See, I'm probably paranoid because I don't leave my belongings anywhere. I don't anywhere have cash on me. With, what, what about a locker? Leave. What about a locker room situation, Derek? Anywhere. <laughs> anywhere. But what, what, what do you do in a locker room? You just you wear a locker room? Like yeah. I don't go to locker rooms. I I wear what I'm going to wear at the gym. I take it off and uh or do what I gotta do, and then I take a shower when I get home. Derek, here's the situation. You're going to the gym and it's twenty degrees raining out. You've gotta have some outerwear. Are you working out in the outerwear? <laughs> 
Are you working I, out like in a I, big? I have. Poncho? I work out in my. I have sweatpants on mm-hmm. and a t-shirt, and I take my hoodie off. And what do you and, do with and, it? Just we, carry it around? Huh? Tie it around the waist? No, nah, I just fold it up and put it in the corner somewhere and come back. Okay. So you're more comfortable just in a random dusty corner in my eyesight than a locker with a lock on it in my eyesight. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Because I don't want somebody to go into the locker and take my stuff because okay. I, I will have to beat the brakes off of them <laughs> and I don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, so that's, that, that's, that's me. But like I said, I am paranoid and I am a little different. So. I think if I had the, the right cubby system with the right cubby guard, you would be you'd be very open to my proposition. You saying cubby guard makes me think of like a kindergartner. Like I assume it's just like the toughest kindergartner watching this. Yeah, because no one's going to mess with them. They'd feel terrible <laughs> about that. Messing with some. But kid. what if I have something nice and the cubby guard takes it? Then what? Well, I mean, you can't, you can't prevent that. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. There's some the, the the interview the interview process for cubby guards is pretty <laughs> stringent though. <laughs> they, they, they have to. My cubby guards have to take lie detector tests. Yeah, it's, it's, background uh, checks, polygraphs. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Blood work. Uh, so how much how much are you paying this cubby guard? <laughs> Two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, a month. Yeah, no question. So how much? Two hundred thousand dollars a month. Uh, it's a very important hey, job. I'll be you know. a cubby guard for that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> good. That's that's a good deal. I'll pitch it to the Magic. They could use a cubby guard system during the three days Solve. a year that were cold and people wear jackets to the game. Solve a lot of problems. That's all I'm saying. Yep. All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to Colony House, one of our favorite bands. Uh, we also have your feedback at the end of the show. And coming up next, it's Relevant Buzz. Stay tuned. Listening to Arlo Parks. Song is Weightless. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for Relevant Buzz. All right, telling us what's happening this week at the intersection of faith and culture. It's Emily. What do you got this week? All right, we have to start off talking about this viral story of a priest who shared his um, his version of a true life story on TikTok. Um, so back a true in death 20- story. True death story. You're right. Um, so back in 2016, um, this priest says he had a heart attack and he died, temporarily went to hell. And while he was there, he just saw. Wait, wait, wait. Why did the priest go to hell? <laughs> That's Yeah, that's a red, red flag number yeah. one. Red flag. The, I'm not going to say people... nothing about the priests, but you know. <laughs> I didn't think that's how it worked, though. So anyway, let's. He let's does just, address yeah. that because I think he so recognizes priest... people would have questions about it. 
because he yeah. said in the piece I read it because we wrote about this. He says, "I thought I was a good person. Why am I? Why am I in hell?" So yeah. he's conscious of the fact that he shouldn't be there. Right. So he says he died, went to hell. What happened next? Yeah. Um, so while he's there, he's, you know, walking around, seeing what's going on and just witnessing some insane <laughs> moments of like torture and pain. There are demons enslaving humans. There's a man he kind of describes as like a hellhound walking around on all fours like a dog being burned from head to toe. Just absolute torture, just kind of the worst things you can imagine. But mm. the truly worst thing he saw is there's a section of hell where music is played. Uh, but it's not just any music. He says he could specifically hear Rihanna's umbrella and Bobby McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy p- being used for torture. Uh, but it wasn't like the original version of the song. It's a group of demons performing them, their rendition Badly. for torture. Yeah, to like torture people with a bad rendition of umbrella and Don't Worry, Be Happy. I have so many <laughs> questions. <laughs> I know. I'd be Real shocked quick, if you Emily, did. <laughs> Did he address why he think he ended up in hell, not heaven, during this near-death experience? Um, he said that um, he thinks it was because he, or sorry, God did speak to him. He did address this. Um, God spoke to me. He said, you were secretly angry with people who harmed you. You hoped I would punish them. These are not your people. These are my people. I just want you to focus on the task I give you. So it was basically just like a, he was we'll harboring a lot call. of hatred. Yeah, little 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 wake up call. Nothing, nothing. It's basically a lie. (laughs) It's basically a lie for clout. (laughs) I mean, he had a vivid dream. He thinks he actually died, went to hell, and heard Rihanna. Hey, look. Hey, I'm just impressed that the demons are staying that up on the charts. You know what I'm saying? They're like they're playing 2016 music in 2016. Listen, y'all. I'm not going. I'm not going to lie. Ten years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is eerily similar to a story I just sent you. And I remember this from like three years ago. And I think I died laughing at this because this woman said she died and went to hell. She saw Mike, the demons tormenting Michael Jackson and making him moonwalk around hell as a punishment. Hey. Hey, Satan was the <laughs> angel of music and worship, right? Yeah, right. But, but Bro, you guys, so, this so there's a, a heavy music influence down there. I get it. You, you guys remember like those old like Frank Peretti books, or just mm-hmm. like the evangelical notion of like spiritual warfare, or yeah. like you know these these demons that are like hiding in these invisible shadows, and they're and they're just you know ready to engage in this sort of you know, battle of good and evil, uh, you know, through, through prayer and stuff. How'd you like to be one of those demons? And Satan's like, ah, my legions, we will tear down the kingdom of God. But you, you got to sing, don't worry, be happy down in the pit for a while. We got (laughs) to, we got a bunch of people coming in that heart. We're harboring some hate. Uh, We need to flush that out. Um, I'm thinking, I think we fire up umbrella, um, but let's do it in a weird key, kind of off time. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a torture. <laughs> it is interesting that there's, there's now two stories of like pop music pop being stars. used as torture. So what happened in the 1200s? It was like a lute player was down there like doing bad Gregorian lute music or something? <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> but why? But 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 again, why is that? Eat, like, why don't they? Why aren't they torturing with their own music? Like, right? Y- you know, w- w- what's up with them paying attention to the contemporary hits? Like, haven't been they? Are they? Isn't that like an eternal place? They just happen to be like, oh, let, let's just yeah. let's just roll the pop 
uh, American Songbook back for about 15 years and find a couple of highlights here. Apple Music down this, this is what happens <laughs> when you take the I don't like secular music thing too far. Mm-hmm. You just, you're on the brink of death and you're just like, man, I hate that I listened to Michael Jackson 10 years ago. He, he has to be in hell. It's like, guys, look. Yeah. I, listen, I've never been to hell before, so I might get there and they might be playing, yeah. you know, my latest record. So, well, you <laughs> sorry, won't go there, sorry, guys. But... I apologize. I I hate that. Uh, the lake of fire. It is fire, man. <laughs> they got the new Rihanna jam. Hey, we're hey, you guys here? <laughs> Rihanna, Rihanna's giving a first look at her new singles premiering tonight in Hell. Uh, they're going to premiere it there. Then they're going to bring it on up to the. <laughs> I just see how it plays. They're going to see how it plays in Hell. We're going to get in trouble for this yeah. one. I've, for I, sure. I've just decided. <laughs> I don't care about getting in trouble anymore. With this, <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely going to get some emails, Cameron. Just it's be ready right. for that. Hey, it's not, I didn't go to hell. It's what this dude saw. We battle not against flesh and blood, but principalities of bad Rihanna covers. We yes. all know that, yeah. guys. Maybe it's the for earworm sure. thing of the Bobby McFerrin. You know what I mean? Like it gets caught in your head and it's like torture. You know what I mean? And like for eternity. Do you that's think just it's maybe loop? like the... Do y'all remember the fish that you could buy that would sing that song? I, mm-hmm. The Bubba. Yo! My uncle had it. Yeah. <laughs> Pour me in the river. Yeah, it was yeah. great. No, it was hilarious too. Like whenever you see one of those old Bubba bass like start dancing because they kind of like fold up. I mean, it was really just they fold up and the mouth moves. It was hilarious every time. Like, get out the bass is singing. Put me in the river. That's pretty good. That's it's pretty good. Technology. I think we really yeah. should have yeah. stopped there. Yeah, that's where the robot innovation should have stopped. You know what I yeah. mean? Like right yeah. there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What else? Um, well, speaking of technological advances, um, I know we've talked a lot about chat GPT, but um, it, we're bringing it up again because... Uh, a group of researchers put it to the test and it has now passed an MBA exam, the bar exam and a medical exam. So it is like just very advanced technology, um, which is just crazy that it is has grown in so much and like just a short amount of time. Can, can I, I and I don't mean to like because I saw this going around too, you know, this story. And I don't mean to be like the wet blanket here, but from my understanding of how chat GTP works, like. It, it, it it's like scanning the internet in real time, like finding finding mm-hmm. stuff. It's like, well, yeah, I could pass the bar too if I had the internet, like at my disposal, just type in the questions. Like, but a lot of those exams are essays where you have to apply logic and solve problems and say, here's a scenario, what would happen, and like it, it's it's writing original yeah. content. It's not just regurgitating existing. Yeah, it's not like a data. multiple choice thing. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's it's. Thinking it through and problem solving. But the other thing That's, I saw too is that the CNET story of you know CNET was fired fired a bunch of writers using Chat GDP to write content for the it's a tech review site right and not only was there factual errors throughout uh, <laughs> it, but some writers were like no this is straight up plagiarism all Chat GDP was awesome. was find my article about the, the iPhone 14 and it changed words but not Senate structures so that it could, it could avert plagiarism. But all it did was copy and paste, but found, find, found synonyms for some words. And to me, it's like, is this art of, is it really thinking or is it just a, an advanced program that's trying to take other, it, cobble together other human thought in a way? Like, is it actually producing its own thought or is it just stringing together human thought that it, it's been programmed to go hunt down, you know? 
You need to spend some time with it because I can tell you for a fact it's coming up with original content. Like I, we asked it to write a worship song the other day and it wrote an amazing worship song that had nothing to do with any worship songs that exist. Uh, I, I asked it to pitch me 10 article ideas for relevant magazine and it pitched 10 perfect article ideas that we've never run before. But like, like it's coming up with original stuff. It's, it's assessing what's happened and then applying logic to what could be. So it is, it is, not just regurgitating like a database search. Yeah. Um, maybe in those situations that you said it did, mm -hmm. but I'm saying I've seen it do original content yeah. that's jarring. Um, we play with it every day. Literally every day I play with it. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, but did you see, uh, so one of the major concerns is in the education sector, obviously we've talked yeah. about this. It's gone around kids it, having it write papers for students, essays, stuff like that. Did you see this week? We reported on this. Uh, the the founder, the guy behind ChatGBT, addressed the education concerns finally, and he said, "I don't care." <laughs> he yeah. said, "Education adapted to the calculator." Yeah, or the he abacus said after the calculator, yeah. we 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 taught differently. You know, we taught math differently yeah. after the calculator. We don't have to like stay in the 1800s with our math calculations. So we adapted to innovation. He said, "So educators." Change what how you're testing your students. Change what they're what you're asking them to do. Now that this tool is here for them, like the calculator is, apply their human ability to other things in education. And I'm like going, you know, like in the current, it's like that's scary and weird and uh, and like foreign to us. But he's living 50 years down the road, and he's viewing before Chat GBT like the abacus versus the calculator. He's like, I don't even think he's 50 years down the road. I think he's right now, and I think right. that education is 50 years behind. There, yeah, like, but I'm saying he's living in a reality yeah. where like use it as a tool. Don't yes. don't stay in the dark ages. Like, let's go together. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm like, I'm going. I can't say that he's wrong. Well, they, you know, it, so like. They don't teach cursive anymore totally. because it's a waste of time because we, we have to, like <clears throat> what we used to be cursive was just a quick way to write so you can hand someone. We have text messaging. We don't need cursive. My kids don't even have spelling exactly. tests anymore. Why? Because they're never going to be in a situation that they don't have a device telling them how to it's, spell a word they don't know how to spell. Like they don't have to commit to memory all the random rules of the English language and how they evolved over time in nonsensical ways. They don't have to commit that stuff to memory. They can use that memory and the, that mental power for something that's more useful because we do have access to devices all the time that solve a thousand little problems that the education system used to be very concerned with, you know? Hey, I got a great idea. Let's teach the kids tax code. Yeah, exactly. Let's yeah. teach them investing. Let's teach them tax code. Yeah, but yeah, please let's make teach sure them on the tax code. All the kids know the difference between there, there, and there because yes, because yeah, for your sure. phone don't know, <laughs> you know. So yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. yeah, but that's it. That's the only the spelling test is there, there, and there every year. That's all you need. Let's teach the kids how to use the internet to research. Uh, without plagiarizing, right? Yeah. Like let's let's teach teach those types of things because that's the we're not going back backwards. Like the internet's not going to be less relevant in our yeah. lives in the future, barring something cataclysmic. Uh, so let's teach them how to use the resources that they have to live a prosperous life. Yeah. So I I agree with the Chat GPT guy. Like yeah, let's find out how to use this to make them some money. I think like a good argument that like to kind of be sort of devil's advocate here is like, yes, it's great to use technology and it can solve all these little problems. But I'm like on a bigger scale, like if we just teach kids how to 
use the internet, are they going to ever think originally for themselves? Are they going to be able to know how to apply logic? It's that whole idea of like, you know, um, if you give a man a fish lead for a day, if you teach him, he'll never go hungry again. And it's like, if we just teach kids like how to Google everything, they're going to have to Google how to do this every time versus actually just teaching them how to do it themselves. I think there has to be a balance. I don't know what it looks like, but sure. I, I see both sides of the argument where yes, we need to embrace this, but I don't think we can just say like, yeah, let's fully go for it. Cause even like, like the argument of a calculator. Yeah, I can use a calculator, but say my phone's dead and I have to multiply something. If I don't know how to multiply, you know, like just, you know, like again, this is such a, it might not happen, but it's like, you. I think you still need to teach it. I, I think we teach the foundations, right? We teach the foundational things, but I think as, as information progresses, we have to progress to understand that things are different. Like, I think the cursive example is a, is a prime example. We just don't communicate with cursive anymore. We just don't. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's no, there's, there's not a re I, I don't know about not having spelling tests. I think, we yeah, should know I, how I th- to spell. I, th- I agree. You know. I, I think what, Emily, I think you're right. Like teach yeah, the I foundations, right. but how do you, I think the guy's point is evaluate their knowledge differently. Don't have them just regurgitate an essay or a book report or sure. whatever, you know, like mm-hmm, mindless, mm-hmm. like rephrasing of information, like evaluate their knowledge in other ways, you know, because Chad GBT is going to be able to fake that. So figure out another way to teach them and then see what they've learned, you know? And so it's going to evolve education. So fine. it may make education fun. Like imagine if it's like, Hey, okay. Device is down. Now tell me about this topic. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't care how you found the information. If you use chat GPT, if you use the booked, if you use whatever, I just want to know that you understand right, right now what we're talking about. Like, I think that that, will be more beneficial. Like I hate, like my kids, no lie. I had a nine, 11 year old, my 10 year old, he was, he's 11. He was struggling last year. And the reason he was struggling is because he really clams up and test taking, right. With the, the, the little circle bubbles and, mm-hmm. and all of those different things. But if you ask him about the information, he can tell you everything that he needs to know. And I, and I'm like, why are we testing kids with these archaic ways of, of you know, processing information? Why can't we say, hey, okay, well, if you, if you can take a test written, great. If you're not good at that, hey, talk to me about the information that you know. Because the only thing that matters is do you know the information, mm-hmm. not do you learn in a certain format. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, well, let's disrupt, it, disrupt the it, system. And even like to a degree, it's like what like really great pastors or Bible teachers do is they bridge the, they, they bridge knowledge and wisdom, right? Like here are facts, here is theology, but here's wisdom. Here's how you apply it and actually make an impact in your community and your life. I feel like it's gotta be the same approach with education. If you're just throwing facts to memorization, but don't know how to apply them in any way or, or not, you know, finding ways that different people, you know, process information you're really doing a disservice, whether it's in a church setting mm-hmm. or an education setting, because knowledge will only take you so far. It's not until you have like that wisdom of how to apply it, that the or to Derek's point, actually explain it, not just be good at taking a test. That is going to 
give you any kind of upper hand. I mean, they talked about, I mean, there's a disruption in standardized testing right now. I mean, schools are not even accepting the SAT or ACT anymore because there's an implicit bias in it. It doesn't actually accurately represent what students know. And so it's like standardized testing is getting kind of to be seen as in, you know, not a great way. Uh, maybe essays are not going to be a great way. And uh, I like the idea that education is going to have to adapt and evolve. So good, mm -hmm. good for chat GPT messing up everything. All right. What is the last thing you got, Emily? Uh, really quickly. Uh, we just want to highlight that the national announced that they're going to be releasing a new album this spring. Um, and they're working with uh, Sufjan Stevens, Taylor Swift and Phoebe Bridgers. So I personally wow. think, it's going to be a fantastic album. Of course, I'm biased. I've spoken numerous times about my love for Taylor Swift. So anything she's on, automatically gold for me. What's the name of this band? The National. The National. Oh, the National. It's like a indie dad rock band. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's like, a great way to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, indie dad rock. Well, well and and he, the Phoebe Bridgers is dope. I like yeah. her. Yeah, she is dope. And, You'd like the National, too. and the Nationals collaborated okay. with. Taylor Swift before Taylor, on uh, yeah. what was it the album two albums ago uh, Evermore Folklore was that Evermore. it yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah Erica mm -hmm. started um, but yeah so Good their vibes. new album first two pages of Frankenstein will drop later this spring but um, they did actually release their first single Tropic Morning News and here it is right now I was so distracted then I didn't have it straight in my head I didn't have my face on yet or the roll or the feet of where I was going I was suffering more than I let on The tropic morning news was on There's nothing stopping me now Dad Rock Yeah, Brooklyn Dad Guys, Rock Brooklyn I, I, Dad I, Rock I'm just yeah. I hate to be that guy Be it all the time, but I'm going to be it. it. I love how white people just name their albums whatever they want to. <laughs> First two pages of Frankenstein, man, what in the world? <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't even, what is this album about? Like, bro, like, I, I promise, they just, I promise sometimes, like, I listen to some of these indie bands and the names are, and I love indie music. You know, yeah. Cameron, I'm a, yeah. I'm a music, I love, I love all of it, but I'm just like, dog, where did you, was you high? Were you yes, yes. Like they probably were. Yes. Right? And somebody was like, man, let's just break this Frankenstein out. Man, this Frankenstein is gnarly. We'll just name our album first two pages of Frankenstein. That that's a that's a that's a crazy name, bro, for real. Like I love the first it. First two pages of Frankenstein. Indie rock band or firework. It is true, dude. <laughs> you can just there has to, someone has to have like an indie rock album name generator out there on the internet that mm -hmm. just finds it was like the other, I was thinking about this too with like podcast, you know, like you could, if you had any just idiom, right? Like any like uh -huh. turn of phrase that, that people use, uh, you know, it, you could make it into like a talk show. Here's the thing. Well, that's what I was thinking. You know what I mean? Like any idiom will literally, you can turn it into like an NPR podcast name. I, ju I just sent y'all a link to the Lana Del Rey song title generator. It's pretty oh. great. It's exactly what Derek's talking about. I mean, it's like they all sound like real songs. When I'm done, when I'm done with my album, I got two albums I need to finish up. When I'm done with that, I'm just going to make music and I don't care what the name of the song is, like what the concept is. I'm just going to look around my room and just name it whatever, the, like the first thing that I see. 
and and then I'm just gonna see how that works and just see. And it's gonna go platinum. Click that link and hit new song. These are great. Croissant right, soiree. I'm about to do it right now. Uh, Whiskey cast. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Keep hitting oh, new song. Yes. This is great. Money pharmacy. Apple seed. Dude. Oh yes. <laughs> Yale heroin. Absolutely. Doritos ball gag. Macaron sure. magnolia. Rapture. This is great. Yosemite Budador. I don't even know what a Budador <laughs> is, but sign me up. Boudoir. Rich oh. Carlton Debuante. Yes. Hamptons melodrama. Damn. I would listen to that. That's a banger. Cape Cod divorcee. <laughs> That sounds like a good one. <laughs> Upper East Side Murder, Hydroponic Heroin, Vogue, Appleseed, Ragtime, Bad Kisses. Absolutely. Sign me up for all of this. <laughs> that's great. All right, National. We like them. Hey, real, real quick. I went to a list of just like common English idioms, you know. Tell me, mm-hmm. how is there not a weather podcast called A Perfect Storm or a, a, a fantasy basketball <laughs> called Insult to Injury or a, a, mm. like a weather podcast called Break the Ice? I'm telling you, just find a list of idioms and reverse engineer a podcast that you can pitch to a network. That's all you have to do because all of them, that's, that is their formula. On this episode of Spill the Beans, we talk with chef so-and-so so-and-so about his new pinto bean recipe. That's up next on NPR. That's great. All right. That'll do it for Relevant Buzz. Make sure to check out relevantmagazine.com. Every day, we're covering the intersection of faith, life, culture, and more. And follow us on all the socials. All right. Thanks, Emily. Stay tuned. Up next, Colony House joins us. Listening to Ginge. The song is Take My Picture. Hey, if you like this podcast, but you might like it better if there were no ads, you can do that. Head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for Relevant Plus. For just a couple bucks a month, you get this podcast ad free. You get ad free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, including the full podcast and magazine archives, our beautifully designed digital issue, and a little more. Uh, check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Well, our guest today is Caleb Chapman from Colony House. Uh, the band is getting ready to release their album, The Cannonballers, and head out on tour this year. He sat down with Emily to discuss the band's new music, how they bring positivity and intentionality into everything they do, and what they're looking forward to on tour. Here's our conversation with Colony House. talk about um your new album that is coming out the cannonballers um how do you feel about it about to come out putting out music is so funny because you spend so much time and energy in the studio creating this thing and you're mad and you're happy and you you go through all the emotions that creating something kind of involves and then you sit on it for like a year (laughs) And then by the time you put it out, you're like, well, I guess we'll see. That's kind of how it always feels. I guess we'll see. And then I'm sure in about, you know, six months, we'll be back doing this whole thing again. But we are really excited about 
you know, this step in the Colony House world, the fourth album. Um, I don't know. It's just cool that we get to keep putting out music. We're just grateful for that, you know? How much of your faith like plays a role in your music? Um, our music is observational. You know, it, it's about what's happening in our lives. It's about our friends, our families, our marriages, our kids. And all of that is interwoven together with our beliefs and how we're walking through that. Um, I don't specifically write like, you know, if anything, I'm, all, <laughs> I'm always asking myself the question of like, do I need to be more purposeful about what I'm thinking and writing about? And then I asked myself the question that I brought up not too long ago of like, how much of that is influenced by the way, not the way I was raised necessarily, but the um, culture I grew up in of, 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 needing to filter things through a certain lens. I'm kind of being abstract here. I should answer it more directly, but it's a part of every, our, my, our, my faith is a part of everything in my life. So I'd have to say, of course, it's part of the music, but there was a certain point where we felt like we had to stop defining ourselves as a Christian act or a not Christian act. <laughs> it was kind of like, I don't think, uh, you know, that maybe I don't think it matters. Maybe it does to people. For us, we're just hopefully, you know, the Colony House mission statement is the door is always open. This Colony House door is always open. Come on in, you know? So that's not, I guess that's faith influenced, but it's also not it's just a general uh, way we like to live our lives and operate as a hospitable people um, or trying to be hospitable people. Good baby. It's interesting, like, just to hear you say that you're continuing to, like, push out, because I feel like a lot of people, it's like they almost try to, like, hone in on their sound and, like, hone in on, like, here's who we are. And I like that y'all are, like, you know who you are, but you're also still exploring what all that can be yeah well thank you i think that's it I th you know people will be like man it's cool to it, it's funny like people want an eclectic listen or like want you to be like there's no man they can do it all there's no boundaries but then you know there's the critical people out there that are like it's all over the map and you got these voices in your head as a as a creative who's going, well, should we stick to, we should find the thing and should we stick to that? Uh, as like from a marketing perspective, that's probably easier to attach someone. And then your heart is going, I just want to keep trying things. That's, the, that's what keeps me uh, fulfilled. That's what keeps me coming back to this. Um, and so I guess it's a dance, you know, you want people to be able to put their finger on like, what is Colony House? 
well, I guess they're kind of this. And we tried to hone in on that, but at the same time, we'll always try to throw you curveballs, you know, to, for our, and that's for us, you know, to keep it fun and um, explorative, you know. As you get back on the tour, like, are you ha- going in with like a different mindset? now that you've had like this year of rest? I think we're, and maybe, I don't know how much this is pandemic influenced or just growing up and being 30s, in our 30s now, and having kids and wives and all that. You know, you just get a little more intentional about uh, how, like when you're gonna be gone, what you're gonna be gone for what you say yes and what you say no to. So, you know, even, I mean, this tour is, I think, 35 dates. And that's the shortest headline tour we've ever done, I think. Um, our last one, the one that, the tour, which shall not be named. Uh, no, that tour was 45 dates, and which is kind of a normal Colony House tour. And we just, it beat us up. like. Look about show 30, you look around and you're like, oh my gosh, how are we going to ask these people to do this 15 more times? You know, and you start, (laughs) um, I don't know, we just want to, I think, pace ourselves better. And uh, like, you know, it's no new uh, wisdom, like the power of no. Everyone has kind of heard these talks of like, hey, you don't have to say yes to everything. You can say no. And when you learn to be comfortable with that, you actually start defining, you know, defining lines for yourself and uh, you actually will be more productive and and things will be more fruitful when you kind of get choosier if you're, you know, if it's indeed out of like wanting to be diligent and not not wanting to do something. (laughs) Um, So. I'd say, yeah, we, we're just trying to be more intentional in this season of like, yeah, valuing the time both at home and on the road. That was Colony House. Make sure to check out their new album, The Cannonballers. When it comes out and uh, catch them on tour this year. They're great. All right, stay tuned. Up next, it's your feedback. You're listening to Hemlock Springs. The song is Stranger Danger. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, it's time for your feedback. All right, well, last week, I don't even know how we came up. Well, I, why, you guys got to help me here. How did we ask this question? It's this about, is a Jesse thing. Okay, we, it's, uh, the question last week was, come up with a hilariously ridiculous reality show for Netflix and Rob pick Lowe. a celebrity to host that's it. Right. It was the Rob, Rob Lowe Ghost Rob, Rob Lowe, yeah, that's yeah Rob Lowe. All right, yeah. that's it. So you guys hit us up on Twitter, at Roland Podcast, and here's a few of our favorite pitches. I want to start off with uh, Ike Gordon's um Suggestion, Hell's Kitchen with Gordon Ramsay spinoff called Jail's Kitchen. Gordon Ramsay hosts a cooking competition with prisoners only using the food available at the prison. Winner gets a get out of jail free card. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's some motivation there. Yeah. I, so yeah, that I'm would be you. an intense competition. But also, I mean, I've never had prison food, but I have not heard great things about it. So I'd love to see some, you know, nice creations as they come up with. Yeah, I, I, I'm out. Um, have Derek Shayla James says have Derek host a cooking show where he just stacks nachos the whole time and gives the audience all jalapeno suits. So, I, hey, I mean, I don't know how many seasons of that we will get, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I'm with it. I'll do it. Ben said normal people every week. We join host Donald Glover as everyday people are picked to do completely impossible tra- task trained by a mentor. Week one, Eminem teaches a grandma to rap. Week two, JJ Watt teaches an out of shape dad to pass rush. Better idea. That's amazing. Take out the I actually like, that. I mean, it does sound like good, but here's a better idea. Take out the mentor and just thrust them into a situation where they have to be proficient <laughs> in that skill. Like, no, just no, put no. The dad I want to see the journey. Game. No, No, I want to see the behind the scenes of them figuring out how to do it with the mentor. Come on. Let the grandma have Eminem culture. You don't want to just throw her out there. Just throw her up on stage. Just bring her up and and have someone (laughs) battle her. No, don't don't do that. Don't do that. I'd rather watch. Don't do that. What if it's your grandmother? What if it's your grandmother? I'd rather watch some, some dad just get blown up by a linebacker. That would be much more hilarious than him actually doing like a swim move or something. (laughs) um brendan spencer i like his idea Uh, it's called swipe out it's an obstacle course themed dating show hosted by jamie fox where contestants sourced from real world dating apps must compete challenging courses to secure their match um and it's like american ninja warrior meets finding a date so again just a i like the name swipe out i think that's very clever and i'd watch the show Real talk. These are these are good ideas. Yeah, I know. I mean, even even the joke one, JJ Carlson, Jeopardy hosted by Will Ferrell as Alex yeah. Trebek or Daryl Hammond as Sean Connery. <laughs> I'd watch that all day long. It's a real Jeopardy with a funny host. Come on. Anyway, Jason has a great one. He says America's worst auto mechanics hosted by Liam Neeson. <laughs> and he says every episode begins with him saying they lack a particular set of skills <laughs> that may make them a nightmare for people like you. <laughs> I love it. I, I, love, I think that is amazing because I'm not necessarily convinced that a lot of auto mechanics know what they're doing in the first place. So I think it's great. This is almost like a documentary. Yeah, to be it, honest. It's like, like my it. idea for a show called Unpimp My Ride, where they just take a normal, pretty good looking vehicle 
and try to make it just look ridiculous by the end of the show. This is mutilated. Yeah. Like, I'd rather watch that probably than one where they make it look cool. Like, I'd be more entertained by them just throwing like giant fins on the back, like welding fins onto like a Tesla or something. Like, I would be more entertained by that. That's funny. All right. Well, there's more where that came from. Uh, check it out on Twitter. Um, okay. For this week's editorial question of the week. All right. Well, earlier, uh, Emily brought the the buzz item about the priest who died and went to hell and experienced a music room where they deem a band of demons badly played covers of Bobby McFerrin and Rihanna. Um, you got us thinking, what would your version of hell be? So we want to know <laughs> what if, if you know, as you envision hell, what do you think is going on there that would be particularly torturous? Maybe leave the actual torture out. Let's make it funny. All right. Hit us up on Twitter <laughs> at Relevant Podcast and tell us what your version of this priest hell would for be. Me, for me, it's a Property Brothers marathon. Just on a loop. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I would get there. Wait, what, the, wait the demons reenacting the Property Brothers? Yes, but the, or, but the Property yeah. Brothers are definitely there. Like, they're oh, okay. <laughs> not surprised to find you gentlemen here. But, but yeah, they're reenacting classic episodes of Property Brothers. That to me, that would be the worst. Re- <laughs> reenacting the actual episodes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. It's gosh. like demon theater, <laughs> but instead of doing actual theater, they're just reenacting somewhat popular episodes of Property Brothers. Remember, this is the kitchen where they botched the butcher block countertop. Yeah. You can't look away. They've like rigged your eyes. Yeah. yeah. It's clockwork orange. Your 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 eyelids. I gotta watch them install this dupee again or or <laughs> bidet again. Oh yeah. man, that's funny. All right, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and we'll read our favorites next week. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Caleb Chapman from Colony House for joining us today. Make sure to check out the Cannonballers when the album drops next Friday. Um, also, make sure to check out relevantmagazine.com. Uh, We're posting a bunch of stuff there every day, all day. And follow us on all the socials uh, so you don't miss a thing. If you want just the best of the best, make sure to sign up for our daily newsletter right there on the front page of the website and on the sidebars of all the articles. Uh, you can get our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. Hey, and if you uh, you like the show, if you're still listening, maybe you do, uh, tell people about it. Rate it, review it, wherever you listen. Share it on uh, social. Tell people about it. Get word out. Appreciate it. All right. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Gary. I'm Derek Miner. I'm Emily Brown. We will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on The Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. My cubby guards have to take lie detector tests. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.